listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Today's speaker will be Pastor Stephen Yi. Well, good morning, everyone. All right, that slide looks great. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church. I am so glad that you are here. Thanks for coming and gathering with us to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for being here as we study God's word. Uh, God is truly doing great things here and in and through each one of you here as a part of Northwest and uh, I am so thankful for today. Uh, we continue our series today titled Talk About Stuff That Matters With Your Kids. And I want you to know, right, I know automatically when you hear that phrase, with your kids, some of you that do not have children are like, okay, I can tune Pastor Steve out like I normally do, but especially today. But no, this These words are for you as well, dear brother, dear friend, dear sister. These truths are for each one of us as we look to God's word. And our topic for today is is forming healthy relationships. Okay, how many of you have ever experienced challenges in any relationship that you've had? Anyone? Anyone ever experienced experienced any challenges in a relationship? Okay, we got a little more than three, five, all right? Some of you, come talk to me, share with me your tips of having perfect relationships. I would love to learn from you, all right? Uh, Just to give you a little example, you know, as as we're uh, focusing in, and I've been focusing in on how we as parents and and, and older brothers and sisters in Christ can can be an encouragement to our younger uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and how we can be an encouragement to our kids uh, maybe some of you can relate to this. You know, I felt really convicted or, you know, at various times throughout my parenting uh, experience, uh, I'm convicted to make an extra effort to communicate with my children. And one day as I was laying on the couch watching TV, uh, you know, my son is, is up in the same room as, as me doing something. And uh, so I decided, all right, I'm going to take this moment. I'm going to work on my relationship with my son. So as I'm laying on the couch watching TV, hey son, how's it going? How was your week? How how was your day? Or what's going on? What's what's something cool that's been going on? Anything new going on? Guess what the response was? 
silence. I continue to lay there and watch TV. Hey, so what, uh, what, what have you been doing lately? Or, you know, how's that, how's, how, how's sports going? How's that thing going to, um, for, how's it going for you right now? Guess what the response was? Silence. So, in my mind, as I'm laying on the couch watching TV, ah, oh, ungrateful child. I'm just asking some simple questions. Why can they not respond to me? What a failure I am as a parent. How disrespectful of them not to say anything to their dad. So now I'm getting angry. All right. Now I get up off the couch and I turn to my child getting ready to lecture them on, hey, when someone talks to you, you need to respond. When I turn to look at my child, I see that they have their headphones in <laughs> and they're, they're watching their device. And so they did not hear a word that I said to them. And it was at that moment that I realized it is challenging to develop healthy relationships and how important it is that we persevere through the challenges because this is something that God has created us to do, is to enjoy and to, to cultivate and to build and form healthy relationships with one another. You know, in our world today, you guys are fully aware, technology continues to advance at such a rapid pace. And in our technologically advanced world, we are more connected now than ever before. And, and you guys have heard this before, but, but here's the reality. Because of technology, right, we are more connected with one another than at any point in our world's history, right, if you think about it. Right, I'm a click away with my electronic device. I can message you. I could call you. I could see what you're doing because you posted what you're doing on social media. And so I can just pull it up and look at what you're doing or what you want me to think that you're doing. And, and I can see that and we can connect so easily. But did you know that we've never had such a big problem with loneliness today? Yes, we are more connected than at any time in our history, yet we are also more lonely. How can that be? You know, one, one uh, student pastor uh, was in charge of, of leading a summer camp, and there was over a thousand high schoolers at this camp. And uh, during their, their camp, they, they took a, a, just an informal poll, uh, informal, asked a question, informal survey. Just one of the questions was, you know, are how many of you, how many of you students out of over a thousand high school students, how many of you experience loneliness on a regular basis? Over 80% of the room stood up and acknowledged, I experience loneliness on a regular basis. Well, did you know God says a lot about loneliness? and relationships in his word. In fact, you can look, you don't have to look any further than the beginning, right? Genesis, the book of Genesis, where God says it is not good for man to be alone. And that's when he created Eve as a helpmate for, for Adam. 
You know, last week we, we looked at what God says about, about how he created us and, and who he created each one of us to be. He is the one where we find, Jesus is the one that we find our identity and our purpose in. And we learned, right, that each of us is special and unique. Each of us is created in the image of God. And being created in the image of God also means that God created each one of us to be in relationships. Have you ever thought about that? God created you, first of all, to have a relationship with Him. And secondly, God created other people. Not just you, not just me. And therefore, we need to understand that God created us to have relationships with one another. There are hundreds of Bible verses about relationships and friendship. And studies have been conducted about relationships and and how they contribute to your health. Studies have shown that it is unhealthy for you to have unhealthy friendships in your life. Can you believe that? It's unhealthy for me to have unhealthy friendships. But for those of us who have ever gone through challenges and friendships and relationships, we could see how that can contribute to an unhealthy life. God created us for relationships. God created us to be in relationship with Him and with other people. And today I want to share with you how to form healthy relationships And the truth for life here is this, this morning. The closer I am to a person, the more they influence my life. Dear young people, students, you need to take this into consideration. Remember this, meditate on it. The closer I am to a person, the more they influence my life. I must choose my closest friends wisely. And dear brother and sister, this is not just for young people. This is for you and I today. Look at the book of Proverbs. Proverbs known as the book of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 26. says this. The righteous choose their friends carefully. But the way of the wicked leads them astray. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father God we praise you and we thank you so much for today. God we thank you for your word. I thank you God that it's in you that we can find true wisdom in this life. God, I ask that today, that you would grant us, that you would help us to grow in your wisdom, and in your wisdom in regards to relationships and friendships, and how we can form healthy, godly friendships. And yet, God, I know that I am not alone. In experiencing relational challenges. And God I pray. That as we seek your wisdom. As we look to your word. God I pray that your will will be done. I pray that your presence. Your spirit. Would stir in our hearts. God I pray that we would never be a church. That just thinks that gaining more knowledge about you equals growing in wisdom. But God, I pray that we would be a church that not only grows in our understanding and knowledge of you, but that we grow in the likeness of your son, Jesus Christ, in our character and in all of who we are. 
God, I pray that you would teach us to apply your truths and live them out in our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Right? What does this mean? This one verse, what does it mean? It means that we are to be selective when we choose our closest friends. Remember, I am talking about closest friends. We should not arbitrarily say that anybody is our closest friend. And we should not arbitrarily invite someone into our life to be our closest friend. Because right here, God teaches us. A righteous person is cautious in friendship because the ways of evil people can lead us to do wrong. Again, I want to clarify. We are going to be talking about those that we invite into our lives as our closest influences, as our closest friends. Did you know that there's different kinds of friends? Have any of you ever classified your friends and put them into groups? (laughs) Well, we all do so maybe involuntarily or unknowingly, but there are different kinds of friends. And uh, you may call them different things, or uh, but I want to present this to you. And so there's a little diagram. It has circles on it. That's about the extent of my diagram abilities. All right. I did not draw that. Um, but think of these circles as, as friend, circles of friendship and influence. And so there's you in the middle. All right. You're at the, you're in the middle there. And now if you go to the, the next circle, right, those should be your core friends, your closest friends. All right. Your closest friends should not be uh, the result of circumstances, but they are the result of choices. Okay, these are the people that you choose to speak truth into your life. And we should choose these people wisely. And really, in life, we may only have a handful or less of these core, these closest friends. These are the people that you spend lots of time with. They are the ones that have the most influence in your life. And then if you go further, we have our close friends. Your close friends, they do have influence on you, and you spend a good deal of time with them. Uh, they are a big influence in our lives. And then if you go to the outside, all right, there's our casual friends. Uh, the, these friends may be the result of circumstances like, hey, I, I go to school, so therefore I meet all these people. I go to work, and therefore I meet all these coworkers, and they have become my friends. That doesn't mean that your coworker can't become your closest friend or your core friend, but a lot of times these friends are casual friends, or, or hey, I met, it, met these people because I'm part of this organization or whatever. These are the people that you don't spend much time with, don't uh, uh, invest in very much. You just have limited time with them, and in turn, they have limited influence in your life. And so here are three different types of friends. This morning, I want us to look at how we can form healthy relationships. And we're going to look at these things. We're going to look at the kind of people that you should not choose as your closest friends, as your core friends. We're going to look at the kinds of qualities that you should look for in your closest friends. 
And then I want to share with you some building blocks for healthy relationships. And so we're going to go quickly and I'm going to share a lot of Bible verses with you. That's why I printed everything out on the outline for you. But you do need to write something down. What I didn't put in your outline is the scripture verses. And so please write those down. Take note of those. All right. And uh, because I want you to know that anything that I share with you is not just coming from me. All right. But I hope that we can look at God's word together and really think about how to apply these things. And yes, I could stand up here, dear church, and just say, well, you know what? You want to have healthy relationships? Just follow the commands of Jesus. Just love people. Love one another just like Jesus loves you. And I could stop there and just say, you know it, so go do it. But do you know what? I think it's helpful for us to kind of look a little deeper, to, to think about it a little deeper and how we can actually live these things out. And, and what are the implications of following, following the example of Jesus Christ and following in obedience to the command of Jesus to love one another, especially in our friendships? I want to clarify again, I'm not talking about today about showing favoritism. For we know that God calls us not to show favoritism. Or to value people more than others from a value standpoint. We're talking about choosing friends wisely and building healthy friendships. And if you think about Jesus, Jesus loved everybody, right? And Jesus is not a hypocrite. He says, even love your enemy. Jesus loved even his enemy because Jesus loved you. That's not a put down. He loved me too. Jesus loved everybody, but he had different kinds of friends, didn't he? Jesus fed the 5,000, yet Jesus also trained 120. Jesus discipled 12, yet he really mentored three. Peter, James, and John, they got to go to places with Jesus that others didn't. They got to go to the Garden of Gethsemane with him. Only Peter, James, and John got to go up to the Mount of Transfiguration Only Peter, James, and John got to see Jesus heal Peter's mother-in-law. Only Peter, James, and John see Jesus spent time and invested in them. These guys became pillars of the church. Jesus spent the most time with these men because he wanted to be the greatest influence in their lives. And he had a special plan for them. Just as he does for each one of us. All of us, we need to learn to be intentional in our relationships. And if we want to have healthy, godly relationships and friendships, we need to learn to be intentional in our friendships. And so first, let's look at what God says and who God says we are not to choose as our closest friends. Now, this is not discriminatory, dear brother and sister. Well, it depends on what your definition is. Yes, we are discriminating. Between people who we should choose as our closest friends and people that we should not. Because there is wisdom in this. And any criteria that we present to you at any time, I pray that it's from God's word. And so I want to share with you and look at what God says. And so number one, these are the people that we should not choose as a close friend. And the number, number one, people who like to argue. I'm not talking about a healthy debate. I'm talking about people that enjoy arguing. All right. Um, 
Have you ever realized that it's easier to pull somebody down than it is to pick somebody up? Anybody? Would it be easier for me to pull you up uh, from a hanging position, or would it be easier for you to pull me down? Well, you're like, well, Pastor Steve, you're really strong, so it would probably be easier for you. Why is that funny? <laughs> um, but no, right? It's, it's easier for someone to pull you down than it is for someone to bring you up. We need to not choose, as our closest friend, people that like to argue. You all know this. Some people, and I know, some of you are like, yeah, I know exactly. You're pointing here and here and here in your head, but maybe that person is you. But there's some people that just have the urge to get into it with someone else. They like to argue, and it's like arguing energizes them. These people are always against something. They always have some kind of uh, beef with somebody. They're upset about something that someone else did or somebody else said. You may know someone like that. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 3. We're going to have a lot of passages from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 20, verse 3. It's not going to be up on the screen, so I want you guys to write this down. And if you have your Bibles, you can open to it. But I'm going to go through these fast because I have a lot to go through. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 3 says, It is to one's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. I was just talking to a dear sister about foolishness this morning. Here's one verse, but every fool is quick to quarrel. Any fool can start arguments, but the honorable thing is to stay out of them. Whatever you need to do, it's not that we need to, we're called to avoid challenges or conflict. No, challenges and conflict are a part of life here on this earth. And, and challenge and conflict can be healthy and good and beneficial. But I'm talking about arguing, okay, for the sake of fighting. We need to avoid that to the extent that if you need to walk away, you walk away. If you need to politely agree to talk about it later, you politely agree to talk about it later. People that always fight and argue should not be those that we choose to be in our core group of friends. Secondly, don't choose people who gossip. I told you I'm going to go through these fast. Did you know that God hates gossip? Gossip destroys relationships. Brothers and sisters, we need to understand this, that any characteristic that I share with you, yes, we can find scripture uh, that supports these things, but let us not be so unaware of the fact that all of us have sinned and all of us fall short of God's perfect standard. None of us, all of us are guilty of maybe some of these things. And so therefore, may we never be of the attitude of, well, nobody's good enough to be my core friend. <laughs> oh, oh, Pastor Steve, yeah, you gossiped that one time. You're a horrible friend. And I will say, yes, I, I'm the most horrible of all. But I'm thankful for God's grace. And, uh, but people who gossip. Gossip, what is gossip? Gossip is sharing information when you are neither part of the problem or neither part of the solution. It's sharing damaging information when we are not part of the problem or not part of the solution. That's what gossip is. And sometimes we are guilty of gossiping 
and put it off like it's a prayer request. Oh, please, please pray for Pastor Steve. He has such big problems. He did this and this and this. You need to pray for him, dear brother and sister. Pray for Pastor Steve because he did this, 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 this. Sometimes we're guilty of gossip and disguise it as prayer. But these people that continually gossip, we need to not choose them as our core friends. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19. A gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. Brothers and sisters, this, this is very direct and very simple to understand. A gossip betrays confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. But yes, we are also called to love, right? Love even our enemy. I'm not saying gossips are our enemy. But here's the thing. If we just think about this, and, and brothers and sisters, it's our tendency to hear these things, the reasons why we should not choose certain people. But my encouragement also to each one of us is that hearing of these things and seeing scripture verses that we would look at our own hearts and recognize how each one of us may be guilty of sinning against others in these ways. And not be so quick to, to just point at Pastor Steve and say, yeah, Pastor Steve, you, yeah, you did that. Because here's the thing about, and here's the thing about gossip. If we want to see relationships thrive, let's choose to stop the gossip. Let's choose to stop gossiping. And I need to, to, to preach this to myself as well. I need to be careful. And I need to stop it. Here's the other thing. Don't invite people, don't choose people as your closest friends, those that flatter, those that flatter others. What is flattery? Oh, Pastor Steve, what's wrong with flattering people? Flattery is not giving a compliment. There's a difference. All right? Flattery... It, uh, Based on the definition that I am going off of and that I believe, flattery is a false praise. Flattery is an insincere compliment. Just like, (laughs) yes, saying, Steve, Pastor Steve, you are the strongest person I've ever known. Oftentimes you see flattery when, when someone is trying to get something from someone else. Whether that's in a work situation, maybe some of you can relate, or in a school situation, or in a dating type situation. Look at Proverbs chapter 29, verse 5. Write that down. Proverbs 29, 5. Those who flatter their neighbors are spreading nets for their feet. Those who flatter their neighbors are spreading nets for their feet. Nets to trap them, to ensnare them. Flattery is a trap set by smooth-talking, selfish hearts. Okay, my younger brothers and sisters, please wake up. Listen in. People that like you for selfish reasons will often flatter you. Just because somebody says something nice about you or pays attention to you or flatters you does not mean that they truly care about you. Dear young brothers and sisters, we need to understand this. People will flatter you. But we need to recognize the difference between compliments and flattery. We need to recognize the difference between flattery and encouragement. 
Because when people are flattering you, oftentimes they are looking out for just themselves. The Bible says that that the very people that flatter us may really hate us. You can see that in Proverbs chapter 64, verse 2. But see, this this sermon, okay, it's not a, a sermon about dating, okay? But here's one more thing. Again, brothers and sisters, don't automatically allow someone into your closest inner circle just because they say nice things to you. Ask God instead, ask God for wisdom to see through the words and to be able to discern the heart. Who else shouldn't we invite into our inner circle of closest friends, people who can't control their temper? And this goes along with people that argue, all right? People that can't control their temper, they are the arguers. These are the people that rage over anything and everything, And there's different kinds of rage. Some people, they may rage silently. They may be the ones that say, woe is me. I can't believe that person did that to me. They hurt me so bad. They could be raging in a more passive way, in a quiet way. While others who have, who cannot control their temper may express it through yelling and fighting. Look at Proverbs chapter 22, verses 24 through 25. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Proverbs 22, verse 24 and 25. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. Or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Anger, like a lot of other emotions, is contagious. And here's the truth about who we hang out with, dear brothers and sisters. The people we hang out with are the people who we will start to be like. The people that we spend the most time with are are the people that we allow to be the biggest influences in our lives. Those are the people that we will start to look like and act like and talk like. So we must, therefore, choose our friends wisely. Who else should we not invite as our closest friends? People who steal. That's obvious, right? If someone steals or is in the habit of stealing, taking things that aren't theirs, that is someone who should not be our closest friend. And again, do not misunderstand. If people have this sin or deal with these sins, I'm not saying shun them from your life. Have nothing to ever do with them. Never talk to them. Look at them or be in the same room as them. No, because that's all of us. All of us have sinned. All of us are broken. Apart from Jesus Christ, we all need a Savior. We need Jesus. And we need, as the church, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. We need to be the ambassadors, the ministers of reconciliation, pointing people to the way that they can be healed and made whole again from their brokenness, helping others to find the good news and hear it and know it, that they may find Jesus. Don't don't invite people to be your closest friend who steal. If someone takes something that's not theirs, they will more likely take your things. And lastly, don't choose people who sin sexually to be your closest friends. 
You know, someone that is in the practice of using or participating in sex or sexual actions outside of marriage and outside outside of God's design. Those are not the ones that we should intentionally choose to be our closest friends. Look at first Corinthians chapter five, verse 11. But now I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy an idolater or slanderer, a drunkard or swindler. Do not even eat with such people. Again, don't allow these people to be the big influences in your life. Those that are in your closest group of friends, brothers and sisters. And here's the thing, young people or anybody, adults as well. If anyone ever pressures you to having sex or participating in some kind of sexual behavior that is outside of God's design, they should not be your closest friend. So those are some people to exclude from that core circle of friends. Now, I don't want to end with that. I want want to share this with you. God says a lot about the people that we should choose as our closest friend. God shares a lot about, and we just look to Jesus Christ as our example, right? But here are qualities to look for in core friends. And number one is this, choose friends who encourage you spiritually. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Choose friends who will encourage you spiritually. See, this verse is not just talking about compliments, but this verse is talking about encouragement. Encouragement goes beyond the surface, right? It's not just, Pastor Steve, you have such great hair today. Pastor Steve, I really like your shirt today. Pastor Steve, I love the sound of your voice. It puts me to sleep. (laughs) That's not encouragement, actually. But uh, encouragement speaks to the heart. Encouragement sees past the surface. Encouragement is the action of giving support, confidence, giving hope, sharing the truth. Your core friends are the people you give permission to, to speak truth into your life. The ones you will listen to and consider what they say. And I have the privilege of experiencing this. I've had friends, not only that I have asked to speak truth into my life, And that's the good and the bad and the ugly. And there's a lot of ugly in my life. But I've also had friends that say, Steve, I give you permission to speak truth into my life. Would you do that for me? There is not not many blessings in life that are greater than that, than to have a friend, right, that is closer than a brother. Or a sister. Choose friends that will encourage you spiritually. And when we say spiritually, that will point you to Jesus. That will point you to God's word. That won't just share with you, hey, check out this great quote from whoever. Or this celebrity. Or this rich person. Brother, sister, let me point you. Look at, let's look at what God says. I don't have all the answers. I don't know what you should do. But I do know this. I recognize something's not right, Steve. And, and let's look at this together. I, I, I've been thinking about it and praying about it. And God, I've been reading this scripture and, and I want to share it with you. Or Steve, I, I just noticed that you haven't been loving people lately. But it seems like you've just been gossiping about them. We need to do something. Or is everything okay? 
You need friends that will encourage you spiritually. And secondly, you need to choose friends to be in your core group of friends who will emotionally support you. Now, I'm not saying and I'm not encouraging and God does not teach us to have friends and, and use them as a crutch. And be totally dependent on, on everybody for everything. And expect our friends to be everything to us and for us. But we need to find friends who emotionally support you. Look at Proverbs seventeen seventeen. A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for a time of adversity. A friend loves at all times. That doesn't mean a friend is lovey-dovey at all times. That means a friend is willing to sacrifice for your benefit at all times. Even when it's messy, even when it's hard. And a brother will walk with you during a difficult time and walk with it through you. And not just say that I will be there for you, but is there with you. And of course, not everyone can be our closest friends and walk with us. But we can say it's a good thing to be there for people. But you know full well, dear brothers and sisters, that there's going to be only one or two or less than a handful of people that will actually walk with you. Choose your closest friend that will, that friends that will support you emotionally. Third, what does it mean also to, to support someone emotionally? It means be present. It means listen. It means empathize. It doesn't mean you have to know exactly what they're going through. Dear young people, I've heard this a lot. Nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody could ever understand what I'm going through. Therefore, I am alone. And beyond help and nobody cares. And I want to tell you that you may be correct in one thing. Nobody is you. And nobody knows exactly what it is that you are going through or have gone through. But there are people that can help you. That God has prepared to walk with you through whatever it is that you are going through. Third. Choose your closest friends who will challenge you to think. In our culture and society and in this day and age where it's all about promoting yourself and, and to, to, to that status is gained through the things you accumulate and the knowledge that you possess, we need to be friends and, and choose friends who challenge us to think. And to think biblically, to think according to God's word. And again, not just not with worldly wisdom, but that challenge us to think in accordance with God's word. Look at Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. Or listen to this as I share it with you. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Right? Well, walk with the wise. That means you're surrounding yourself with those that are wise. And what is wisdom? In, a, in its most general sense, people will, will say, well, wisdom is being able to apply knowledge. Yes, but that's not the best wisdom. The best wisdom is God's wisdom. And God's wisdom is being able to know what God says and being able to live it out. And I pray, brothers and sisters, that we never are under the impression that we have arrived spiritually. That we, need, that we ever need to stop growing in God's love and God's wisdom. No matter how many decades you've studied the Bible, you have and I have 
a long way to grow. I'm thankful to have friends in my life that don't just tell me what they think or what I want to hear. Or I'm thankful that I don't have friends that are, that are scared about what they might share with me. I'm thankful for friends that love me enough to speak the truth in love and to point me to Jesus. And even if I'm stuck in sin, they seek to restore me. Look for friends to be in your closest circle that are examples of Jesus. And so I just want to briefly touch on some of these factors for forming friendships. But here's the thing about friendships, dear brothers and sisters, dear young people, understand this. It's not easy to make friends. And it's not easy to form healthy friendships. It takes time. It takes energy. And here's the thing. If we are not intentionally investing in people, we are not forming meaningful, healthy friendships. If we are not investing in people, then we are not forming healthy, meaningful friendships. Brothers and sisters, it's more than showing up. It requires intentionality and investment to develop and form godly, healthy friendships. And that's why it's so important for us as the body of Christ to be committed, to be connected, to show up, to do our part, but to pray and be so utterly dependent on God. Because if I think about myself, there is no way that I could love each one of you like Jesus if I didn't have God in me, changing me from the inside out, empowering me and equipping me to do so. But brothers and sisters, if we are not investing in people, we are not growing friends. Factors for forming friendships. I know there's eight of them, but I'm going to get through them real quick. All right. Factors for forming friendships, healthy friendships. Be cheerful. Greet people with a smile. Dear young people, greet me with a smile when I say hello to you or when you hear me say hello to you. And I don't want to pick on young people. Older people, please smile when I say hello to you. Even if you're annoyed with me. Be cheerful. Greet people with a smile. Shake their hand. Act like you are happy to see them. You might say, Pastor Steve, that's my, not my personality. I'm more quiet. I'm more reserved. I'm not an expressive person. That has nothing to do with your God-given responsibility and command to love one another. Make that a prayer request. God, help me to show your love to my brothers and sisters in Christ this Sunday at 10.45 in the morning. God, help me show Pastor Steve that I love him. By, help me to smile when he says hello and not frown or turn away. Proverbs 15.30, light in a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart and good news gives health to the bones. So another factor for forming friendships, be comfortable, relax, be yourself. Don't feel like you've got to be like anyone else. Matthew 22.39, and the second is like this, right? The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God 
right? Second is like this, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love one another. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Be yourself. God created you uniquely and special and and planned for things for you to do that only you can do. There's no one like you in this world, thank God. That was a joke, but also something to be encouraged by. Relax, be yourself, be comfortable. Third, be conversational. Ask questions, right? What's one way you can exhibit that you care for somebody? Ask them a question. Right? Many of you know that my father is in the hospital. He's recuperating and doing well. He's making progress. But I'm so thankful that many of you have asked, how's your dad doing? Please, you don't all have to ask, how's your dad doing, okay, after the service. But I'm just thankful for that, right? Whether it's sincere or not, it it communicates that you care. And I'm thankful for you, dear brothers and sisters. Be conversational, ask questions. Young people, right? If you like some, this is not a dating sermon, but if you like somebody, actually look at them and talk to them. Ask them a question. How's your day going? How was class? Okay? But no, this is not a dating sermon, okay? Be conversational. All right? How do we form friendships? Be considerate. Listen when people are talking, right? Take the things out of your ear. Or if you hear somebody talking, go up to them, get closer, and give them your attention. Be considerate. Listen well. Empathize. Maybe you can't relate to what they're going through. Maybe you're like, oh, Pastor Steve. I got an A minus and my week was ruined. And I'm thinking like, what A minus? I wish I could get A minuses. What are you crying about? Stop crying. No, be considerate, empathize. That's how they feel. You don't have to agree with it. Okay, (laughs) be considerate, be consistent, stick through. Stick through someone with tough times, stick through it with them. Proverbs 18.24, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's Jesus. Be consistent. Be confidential, right? It goes back to the gossip thing. Don't gossip about your friends. Proverbs Proverbs 11.13, a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Be confidential, right? Protect people's privacy. And and brothers and sisters, young people, I want you to know this. There will be times where you have to break privacy with somebody. If somebody ever shares with you, and adults, we need to hear this too. And it's also by law. If a young person ever shares with you any type of abuse or any way where their life is in danger, you are responsible for reporting that to a responsible party. And getting some help. You are not responsible to intervene. And fix their problem. But by law we're responsible. To tell somebody. At the minimum. But in Jesus Christ. Right. Sometimes that privacy. That confidentiality may need to be broken. Young people. You're not a bad friend. If your friend shares with you. You know what Steve. I think. I just can't take it anymore. And I, I'm really thinking about killing myself. You are a bad friend if you just keep that to yourself. 
And I, if that's happened to you, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not labeling you as a bad friend, but, but instead I want to encourage you. You are a great friend. If you break that confidentiality and you go and you tell somebody. Because that person needs help. Last two characteristics. Be candid. Always tell the truth. Honesty is really the best policy. All right, and I tell this in relationships, dear brothers and sisters, right? If you guys ever are looking for a potential husband or wife, uh, not so young people and even married people, honesty is always the best. Don't play games. Don't think, well, I, you know, they like to hear it like this or they like to hear things like this. And so if I say it this way, then they might, they, they'll know what I'm talking about. No, tell the truth. Always tell the truth. Proverbs twenty four twenty six. An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Young people, right? Honesty is better than a kiss. No, it doesn't say that. It said it's like a kiss on the lips. You want to know what kissing's like, guys? Just tell the truth. And you don't need to kiss anybody. <laughs> That's what I tell my children. No, I haven't told them that. But they're hearing it now. Uh, lastly, and we're going to end with this. Right? How do we form healthy, godly relationships, friendships? Choose to be like Jesus Christ. Get to know Jesus, but get to follow his example. And see, this is a problem that I face as I'm growing older and as I'm growing in the knowledge and the wisdom of God's word. There's always a temptation for me to feel like I have arrived and that I have nothing more to learn or that, oh, I've heard that verse before. And so there's nothing new for me under the sun to learn. And if I I pray that if I ever preach that way or if I come off to you that way, I pray that you would love me enough to say, Pastor Steve, I'm praying for you. (laughs) I'm praying that God would show you even more about how he loves you and about how Jesus died for you. Now, you know, John 3.16, I pray that God would help you to understand that to a greater depth today and every day until you see him face to face. We have never outgrown our need to learn and grow. And I pray that, brothers and sisters, we would not settle for gaining and knowing a bunch of facts about God. But I pray that we would look for and we would would rejoice in and that we would encourage one another when we see examples of Jesus' commands lived out in how we love one another and how we talk to one another and how we treat one another and how we go through tough times together. I pray that people, that the world would see how we love one another here as Northwest Chinese Baptist Church and that they would point, look to Jesus and praise Him. Romans 15, 7. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35 Jesus said to his disciples, a new command I give to you. Love one another as I loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you do what? Love one another. It's not just children that need to learn how to love. Brothers and sisters, all of us need to grow to learn how to love like Jesus. Every day until we see him face to face. And do you know what one of the best places to learn how to love and to exercise and to grow healthy friendships is? You want to know what one of the greatest places to do this is? The 
body of Christ. Church. Yes, and in your home and with your family, but yes, also in the family of God, in the body of Christ. And so I encourage you, dear friend, dear brother and sister, let's choose today. Let's choose. If you're saying, oh, brother, uh, Pastor Steve, I already have great friendships and I, and I know all this already. Well, then help somebody else. Help another brother or sister. Encourage them. Be a friend to someone else. Think about who God is leading you. Make that a prayer request. Dear brother and sister, I challenge you this week. Pray. Ask God, God, who are you calling me to be a friend to? Who is someone that you're calling me to come alongside and walk with them? God, who, how is it that I can commit to you and to the body of Christ? God, how is it that you are calling me to connect with my brothers and sisters? God, how is it that you're calling me to contribute and to cultivate loving, godly relationships within my family and the body of Christ? God, how is it that you're calling me to be more like you? Would you take that next step this week? Would you make that your prayer request to God? May the love of Christ abound in our relationships here. When people see how we love one another, may they give all praise, honor, and glory to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, we praise you. And I thank you so much for your love and your faithfulness. God, I pray that you would help us not to just be hearers of your word, but God, uh, that we would be doers of your word. And God, I know full well, it's really easy to do and, and, and obey your word when things are going well and when things are going the way that I want. But God, when things aren't going well and things are difficult and I don't feel good and even I get hurt, that's when it's hard. And God, I need you. I pray, God, that you would strengthen us and change us from the inside out to be more like Jesus. And I pray, God, for the friendships and the relationships that we have for everyone here in this room and everyone watching and listening online. I pray, God, that we would have hope for godly, healthy relationships. They are a reality in Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for allowing us to have a relationship with you. Thank you for being our perfect example of a heavenly father, of a loving friend. Thank you, God, for showing us what love is through your one and only son, Jesus, who came not to be served, but to serve, even unto death on the cross, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God, thank you. Help us to be more like you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Dear friends, I want to invite you to stand up. And this is a time that we sing the song. Yes, we worship God with this song, but it's also a time for you to respond to God. If God has, has led you to, to take a next step, whatever that may be, maybe you want to put your trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you don't know what to do, but you feel like God's leading you to do something. I encourage you, as we sing this song, come up and share with me so that I can encourage you, so that I can walk with you, so that I can pray with you today. As we sing, would you respond to God? by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcast. To listen to other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast.